That sounds actually a pretty good intro to uh, what we're going to be talking about today. We're still in Nehemiah. Uh, Nehemiah chapter 6 is where we're going to be reading from today. But before we get into it, uh, I want to talk to you about uh, a certain type of animal. Uh, Like many sheep ranchers in the West, Lexi Fowler has tried just about everything to stop crafty coyotes from killing her sheep. She's used odor sprays, electric fences, and scare coyotes. She slept with her lambs during the summer and has placed battery-operated radios near them. She's corralled them at night, herded them during the day, but the southern Montana rancher has only lost scores of lambs, 50 years or 50 this year alone, last year alone, excuse me. Then she discovered a, a special animal, a llama. The aggressive, funny-looking, afraid-of-nothing llama. Fowler said, llamas don't appear to be afraid of anything. When they see something, they put their head up and walk straight towards it. This is aggressive behavior as far as a coyote is concerned, and they won't have anything to do with that. Coyotes are opportunists. The llamas take that opportunity away. I thought it was pretty cool. So, you know, maybe, maybe we need to be more like, like, like llamas with, with the enemy. You know, standing firm in, in the Lord, take, taking the opportunity away from, from anyone who would harm us. So Nehemiah 6, and uh, yeah, it just seems like this keeps happening, opposition from the enemy. We, we encounter it again here in uh, Nehemiah 6. The enemies of the people of God attempting to hinder the work of the Lord, the building of the walls. Read with me in chapter 6. <clears throat> now when Sanballat and Tobiah and Geshem the Arab and the rest of our enemies heard that I had built the wall and that there was no breach left in it, although up to that time I had not set up the doors and the gates, Sanballat and Geshem sent to me saying, Come, let us meet together at Hakkeferim in the plain of Ono. But they intended to do me harm. And I sent messengers to them saying, I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. Why should, I, why should the work stop while I leave it and come down to you? And they sent to me four times in this way, and I answered them in the same manner. In the same way, Sanballat for the fifth time sent his servant to me with an open letter in his hand. And it, and it was written, it's reported among the nations that Geshem also says it, that you and the Jews intend to rebel. That's why you are building the wall. And according to these reports, you wish to become their king. And you have also set up prophets to proclaim concerning you in Jerusalem. There is a king in Judah. And now the king will hear of these reports. So come now, let us take counsel together. And then I sent to him saying, no such things you say have been done. You are inventing them out of your own mind. For they wanted to frighten us, thinking... Their hands will drop from the work, and it will not be done. But now, O God, strengthen my hands. Now when I went into the house of Shemaiah, the son of Delilah, the house of Mehetabel, who was confined in his home, he said, Let us meet together in the house of God within the temple. Let us close the doors of the temple, for they're coming to kill you. They're coming to kill you by night. But I said, Why should such a man as I run away? And what man such as I could go into the temple and live, I will not go in. 
And I understood and saw that God had not sent him, but he had pronounced the prophecy against me because Tobiah and Sanballat had hired him. For this purpose he was hired, that I should be afraid and act in this way in sin so that they could give me a bad name in order to taunt me. Remember Tobiah and Sanballat, oh my God, according to these things that they did, and also the prophetess, Nodiah, and the rest of the prophets who wanted to make me afraid. Verse 15, so the wall was finished. On the 25th day of the month, Elul, in 52 days, And when our enemies heard of it, all the nations around us were afraid and fell greatly in their own esteem, for they perceived that this work had been accomplished with the help of our God. Moreover, in the days of the nobles of Judah sent many letters to Tobiah, and Tobiah's letters came to them. For many in Judah were bound by oath to him, because he was the son-in-law of Shechaniah, the son of Ara. And his son Johanan had taken the daughter of Meshalem, the son of Berak, I, his wife, as his wife. Also they spoke of his good deeds in my presence and reported my words to him and Tobias sent letters to make me afraid. Let's pray. Lord, um, thank you for giving us your word. Uh, Lord, we, um, we know that every... Everything in your word is, is inspired by, by the Holy Spirit for our, our instruction to draw us to you, Lord, to, to teach us. Lord, open your, open your word to us this morning. And as has been prayed already this morning, Lord, transform us, mold us in, into the image of, of Christ. And it's in his name we pray, amen. So the building's progressing. Not completely done yet. You know, the, the enemy's taunts in the past, the threats, they, they've been dealt with. Uh, the internal struggles have been dealt with. You know, sometimes threats come in in the form of enticements. You know, the, the source of the, of the enticements may come from various places. You know, sometimes they come from our own minds. Sometimes they come from outsides, you know, from, from enemies. But the enticement is a threat because it, it harms us, it weakens us, it, it, uh, it hurts our resolve, it, it, it weakens our effectiveness for, for doing God's work, you know, it takes away from the glory which is due to God. Maybe it harms someone else. You know, here there, there are no gaps left in the wall, but, but it still isn't built to full height. It's built to half height at this point. There's still a lot of work to do. And of course, here comes opposition again. Here comes the enemy, Sanballat, Tobiah. We keep seeing them over and over again. And like our friend, the Lama, Nehemiah just keeps going. He keeps going. He resists. Well, I'd like to look at uh, three enticements that uh, Nehemiah faced and I'd like to, we, we already talked about this before, but I'd like to go back to the end of uh, the, the previous chapter, chapter 5, and look at one enticement that Nehemiah faced. It, and, and that's the, uh, the lure of, of personal gain. 
And as, as we look at these, as we look at these enticements, these, these tactics of the enemy, what I'd like to see is uh, three things, three things that we need to do. We need to uh, resist, we need to use discernment, and we need to just rely on God and keep moving forward, doing, doing his work. Let's look at uh, the last six verses of chapter 5. You know, first, Nehemiah uh, avoided burdening the people by taking the food allowance that he was actually entitled to. He's able to live pretty well and uh, to br- provide for others pretty well out of his own pocket. You know, he, he was not in this for, for personal gain. He, he could have taken this money. He could have become rich. But it was his love for God. It was his, his love for the people, his passion for the work of God that, that kept him from, from taking the money. You know, without, without mentioning names, you know, we're all familiar with, with people who are, are prominent you know, especially on uh, Christian television, people who who live in luxury, they have private jets, live in in mansions, uh, and and so forth. You know, and where's this money coming from? You know, it's financed by uh, well-meaning people, many who are uh, living very uh, frugally and and in scarcity and, and poverty. You know, and this is a shameful abuse. Nehemiah was not in it for the money. You know, we know from the previous section that the, the people were suffering. There, there was famine. Uh, people were struggling to, to make ends meet. They were, you know, many of them away from their farms. They were away from their gainful employment so they could participate in this work of, of rebuilding Jerusalem. He had this food allowance and it says that uh, the, the people before Nehemiah, Nehemiah was the governor at this point, had lorded it over the, the people. Even even his the, the governor's servants had, had done this. But you know, Nehemiah knew God's heart for, for the poor, and he refused to be enticed by personal gain. So he resisted that that impulse, that that uh, enticement. He used discernment. He he exercises very good discernment here, knowing the needs of the people, you know, placing their, their survival needs above his own right to, to take this money. Remember Jesus told a, a parable about a man who had um, been beaten and, and robbed traveling from uh, Jerusalem to Jericho. You know this story, the story, the story of the good Samaritan. These, these bandits, these robbers had uh, left this man half dead and these two highly religious people one by one passed by this guy and you know Jesus didn't say why they did this but uh, I, I would say they're very short on uh, their, their discernment skills, their observation skills. You know, at, at best they were distracted to, too distracted to, to realize the uh, the severities of this man injury, this man's injuries, you know. It, and at worst, they were they were too selfish to uh, apply God's love cons- God's law concerning loving your neighbor, loving your brother to this situation. But then this foreigner, this Samaritan, comes by and he comes along and he properly discern- discerns this man's needs and he selfishly selflessly 
sacrificed his own time, his effort, his, his resources to make this man whole. He, he saved this man's life. You know, third Nehemiah stood firm and he, he did the work. That's what he did. He just pressed forward like, like the llama. Now, back into uh, chapter 6, uh, the, the first enticement that Nehemiah resists is distraction. Distraction. At the beginning of chapter 6, you know, the walls are up halfway. No breaches in the wall. The gates don't have doors yet. Still a lot of work to done. The work's progressing, and these guys come back. Sanballat, Tobiah, and, and Geshem. These adversaries had heard about Nehemiah's progress. And they sent to Nehemiah and they said, Oh, come, let us meet together at Hekafirim uh, on the plain of Ono. And Nehemiah refuses their, inv- in their invitation. He, he says no. You know, a good title for this sermon would be uh, Nehemiah says no to Ono. This is this is like twenty five or thirty twenty five to thirty five miles away from Jerusalem, so it would be a pretty good journey by foot to, to get there. About a day and a half's journey, so you know three three days of round trip travel just to get there. And Nehemiah says, "Why would I even do this?" He says, "No, I'm I'm doing a great work here, and I don't need to be distracted. I don't need to take time out and come down and, and meet with you. You know why?" Why should this work stop so that I, that I meet with you? You know, uh, he, for one thing, he, he probably knew this would be an ambush if, if he did this, but he knew it would be a waste of time. It's a matter of, of wisdom. It's a matter of, of setting your priorities straight as well as avoiding a, a bad situation where, where he'd be harmed. Um, one time... There, there were a couple people that came to our our door. They were they were uh, witnessing for Jehovah, and um, you know I, I talked to them a little bit. They were handing out their their literature, and you know I, we talked about who who Jesus was. You know that's really the main issue with with cults. Uh, you know the Bible makes it very clear that Jesus is God in the flesh. They didn't agree with that, and they they invited me. Oh, they have their own Bible that was rewritten to write that part out, by the way. But uh, they they invited me to uh, participate in a free Bible study where I could I could learn this stuff, you know. And we'll do, here just fill out this form and, and we'll get you set up. And uh, you know, I I knew they were just trying to sell me something. You know, it would have been a waste of time. I I didn't go. They weren't seeking the truth. They were, they were selling their product. Well, Nehemiah resists. He uses discernment. Uh, you know, he, he realizes that these people mean him harm. They, they want to lure Nehemiah away from his work. He knew from previous encounters that these guys were, were schemers. You know, they were trying to keep him away from the work. It says he knew they intended to do him harm. You know, he would have been isolated from the people. He would have been vulnerable away from home. Just like the llama, he just pressed forward. He stood firm, did the work. Shambhalat, it said, persisted. He, he came to Nehemiah four times. 
And Nehemiah stood firm each time. He resisted each time. You know, sometimes we're subject to persistent attacks. You know, the enemy maybe thinks, well, if I just keep pounding, that's what Sanballat and Tobiah are saying. We'll wear, we'll wear them down. That's what, that's what Sanballat and Tobiah are trying to do with Nehemiah here. You know, you're, you're tried. You refuse. You think that's it. And then you're tried again. You refuse. And it just keeps coming. You know, we need to be persistent in our resistant, our resistance. Sometimes we just need to keep saying, no, no, I'm not going to do it. Refuse to be drawn in. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe there are those who have tried to uh, wear us down to discourage us. You know, we need to keep moving forward. We've got important work to do. We don't need, we don't need the distraction. We don't need to let ourselves be uh, taken away from the work that, that God has called us to do. Yeah, I like what uh, Joshua, what God tells Joshua in, in Joshua 1, first chapter, verses 5 through 7. He says, No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to your fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from the left nor to the right, that you may have good success wherever you go. So distraction didn't work. Next the, next, the enemy tries to intimidate him. Yeah. And Nehemiah says no to fear. So on Sambalat's fifth try, he, he intensifies his campaign. He sends Nehemiah a letter full of accusations and uh, misinformation. Yeah, he essentially says, everybody knows what you're up to. Everyone has heard that you want to be the king. You're rebelling against the king. You even, you even set up prophets to, uh, to, to tell the people that you're now the king of Judah. Well, Nehemiah resists. He refuses to uh, be afraid, to, to feel intimidated. He, he, he just says, you're making this stuff up. This this is your own imagination. None, none of this stuff is, is true. You know, you're, you're creating some kind of alternate reality here. There, there's nothing to what you're saying. And I'm not going to fall for it. It's in your mind. You, you know, you need some professional help, guys. I love what Psalm 118, 6-7 says here. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is on my side as my helper. I shall look in triumph on those who hate me. Nehemiah uses discernment as these guys attempt to intimidate him. He knew that Sandalot's accusation were lies. Maybe Sandalot had even convinced himself that these things were true, but you know, Nehemiah nailed it. He he said 
All they wanted was to frighten us, thinking their hands will drop from the work and it will not be done. Nehemiah is able to discern the intentions of the enemy here. He had had no reason to be afraid. Uh, He he didn't worry that Sambalot's lies were being spread. It says they were even being spread to other nations. And, you know, when when people lie about us, uh, what are we to do? Don't fret. Fear not. You know how many times the Bible says fear not? You know, we can, we can with gentleness and humility try to set the record straight, but when it comes down to it, we just need to be the llama. Keep moving forward. Don't be afraid. Fear not. Stand firm and do the work. The enemy might try to scare us, intimidate us, discourage us. You know, we may be lied about. We may be slandered. You know, Maybe, maybe these lies have been broadcast around to the community. Maybe they've been accepted as, as truth by those who've been deceived. You know, but we need to stand firm. We need to keep moving forward. We need to look to God. We need to rely on him. I love what Nehemiah prays here. Lord God, give us courage. Strengthen our hands. You know, bolster our determination. We've got work to do here. It's your work, Lord. Well, since that didn't work, Sambalot now shifts his approach, approach uh, calling Nehemiah to uh, talk to this prophet. Nehemiah resists false prophecy. Uh, verse 10, the deception and the intimidation become more heated. Listen. Nehemiah visits this, this shut-in, Shemaiah. And this guy says, look, let us meet together in the house of God within the temple. Let us close the doors of the temple for they're coming to kill you. They're coming to kill you by night. And Nehemiah resists this questionable request. He says, you know, why, first of all, why should a man like me run away? I'm not afraid. Why should I run away? And, you know, what... What man can even go into the, t- the temple and live? I will not go in. You know, so Nehemiah is resisting on two points here. First, he says, why? I don't need to hide from my, ad- my adversaries. I refuse to do so. Second, are you nuts? I'm not a priest. I cannot go into the inner parts of the temple and close the door. You know, even the priests would not dare to do this. Only the high priest goes in there once a year into the Holy of Holies on the Day of Atonement. He says, I'll take my chances with Sanballat. I'm I'm not going to disobey God. He uses discernment. Nehemiah has the discernment to see what's going on. This guy, Shemaiah, was was apparently one of the Jews. He was was an insider, not an outsider like like Sanballat. But in verse 12... Here's his discernment. He said, I understood, and I saw that God had not sent him, but he had pronounced the prophecy against me because Tobiah and Sanballat had hired him. Now, Shimeiah was was apparently a prophet, but verse 14 says that uh, he was in league with with this prophetess, uh, Noadiah, and other prophets who had been turned against Nehemiah. 
Nehemiah discerns this. In, in verse 13, it says, uh, For this purpose he was hired that I should be afraid and act this way and sin so they could give me a bad name in order to taunt me. You know, we, we also need to uh, have discernment. When, when somebody claims to speak for God, you know, we need, to, we need to look at what they're saying, listen to what they're saying, and weigh it against the scripture. You know, the Bible talks plenty about false prophets. You know, how many times have we heard people say, well, God told me this, or the Holy Spirit told me this? And you know what? God does tell people things. The Holy Spirit does tell people things. But, you know, any, anyone who does that needs to be subjected to the, uh, the scrutiny of the Bible. God's not going to speak through someone who contradicts his word. Uh, and and I, I know that a lot of people don't do this maliciously like these guys are doing. Many, many are self-deceived. Uh, but some are malevolent. And, and God talks about false prophets in, in the book of Jeremiah quite a bit. One passage, Jeremiah 14, 14 says, The prophets are prophesying lies in my name. I did not send them, nor did I command them or speak to them. They are prophesying to you a lying vision, worthless divination, and the deceit of their own minds. <laughs> we just heard about that. You know, you're making this stuff up. In, in the New Testament, in, in 1 Corinthians uh, 14.29, Paul talks about the need for discernment when, when listening to uh, somebody who is claiming to speak for, for God. Uh, prophecy in the New Testament is, uh, in the church, is more uh, forth-telling than, than foretelling, you know, speaking to the people on God's behalf. Paul's talking about maintaining order in this passage, maintaining order in the church. He says, let two or three prophets speak, let the others weigh what is said. If a revelation is made to another sitting there, let him first be silent, for you can all prophesy one by one so that you all may learn and be discouraged for the spirit of the prophets or subject of the prophets, for God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. Yeah, I'd like to draw attention to the words. Let, let the others weigh what is said. And the others certainly would include the, the congregation. You know, if, if prophecy is, is spirit-filled preaching or, or teaching, which I believe it is, you know, the, the, the congregation has a responsibility to weigh what is said. How do we do that? Through God's word. You know, there, there are questions we need to ask when you hear somebody speak, you know, mainly, how does, this, how does this line up with scripture? How does this line up with what the Holy Spirit has already revealed in, in his holy word? Uh, we, need to, we need to be like the Bereans in, in the book of Acts, of whom Luke said, now, these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica, for they received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. Do you do that? Do you go back and dig into the Bible and say, are these things so? 
You should be. We need to know the Bible in order to do this. Nehemiah correctly discerned that uh, this prophecy was fake. It was meant to, to do him harm. It was from the enemy. And, you know, false prophecy can either be from the enemy or it can be from the flesh made up in the mind of, of some person. And what did Nehemiah do? He stood firm. He kept doing the work. He gives it over to God. Rather than attack them, he said, Lord, this is for you to take care of. He says it in verse 14. He says to God, remember Tobiah and Sanballat, oh my God, according to these things that they did, and also the prophetess, Noadiah, and the rest of the prophets who wanted to make me afraid. He's just saying, Lord, this is, this is in your hands. It's not in mine. We're going to, we're going to pick up next time, next week with uh, verse 15, where it, it begins with these glorious words. So the wall was finished. Let's, let's conclude here. You know, I, I love the prophet Isaiah. I love the things he says. I love this promise in uh, Isaiah 54, 15. If anyone stirs up strife, it is not from me. Whoever stirs up strife with you shall fall because of you. Verse 17 continues, No weapon that is fashioned against you shall succeed, and you shall refute every tongue that rises against you in judgment. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their vindication from me, declares the Lord. So we've been saying this. If we're going to do God's work and God's way, we're going to expect opposition. But we don't need to give in. We don't need to be afraid. The demands may come from within. The enticements may be overtures of of the enemy. They may be meant for distraction, for fear. But let's let's refuse. Let's let's exercise good spiritual discernment and and rely on God and, and stand fast and do his work. Let's pray. Father, in, in Jesus' name, uh, we, we come to you. Uh, we look to you, Lord, as, as we are engaged in your work. We know that uh, we will receive opposition. You've, you've essentially promised us that. But we can, we can rest assured that uh, you will give us wisdom. You will give us strength to, to overcome. Lord, give us what we need to to resist the enemy. Help us, Lord. Give us the wisdom to to say no to these things, to selfishness, to uh, distraction, to fear. Uh, Lord, we we look to you. We trust you. And Lord, as as we go out this week, I I pray that uh, you would be glorified, that you would be magnified in us and, and through us in all we think and and say and do. Lord, let your kingdom come. 
in us, in our community, in our church, Lord. For Christ's sake, amen.